0: We'll Welcome back to the Strength and Speed podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, and Strength and Speed owner Evan Preparis. And back on the line with me is Brenna. Say hi, Brenna.
1: What's going on, everybody? Been a hot minute.
0: Yeah, so we got Brenna back on, so we just kind of want to do a catch up for what we've missed from the beginning of the season. Before we get to that, though, quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. If you're not familiar with Inside Tracker, they're the company that tests your blood for basically up to 42 biomarkers and it tells you what you need to do to change in both your training and as well as in your diet to help you improve. Really great program. We're going to go through a little bit more in depth cuz Brenda just got her first Inside Tracker results back. So we'll kind of jump into that later but what I really like about it is you don't need a personal trainer or a dietitian to walk you through the results. They really they really make it easy. So we'll jump into a little bit more Inside Tracker later. Uh, Brenna, what's been going on? Where you been?
1: Oh, um, where haven't I been? No, that's probably why I haven't been on in a minute. I have just been traveling every weekend, literally, since um, probably last time we talked. I think the last time I was home in Tulsa was Conquer Takeover event back in February. Um, <laughs> so I've been a couple races here and there. I've done a few Savage races now that they started. I've hit their first few of the season. We'll talk about those. I've been traveling back and forth to Kansas, kind of living half in Kansas, half in Tulsa, Um, and now gearing up for a bit of Conquer Youth season taking off. So, and then, like you said, I got to um, experience Inside Tracker. So, we'll get to talk in detail with that and explain how cool of a testing item that is. I don't know. It's really, I had no idea what it was before, and now I'm really intrigued by it. So,
0: yeah. So I just released my book, uh, Strength, I'm sorry. I can't even keep, I've got too many books. I can't keep them straight. It was yeah, just, that's just
1: a problem to have. <laughs> it's just awkward.
0: It's super awkward. Um, I just released Mud Run Guide's Ultimate Obstacle Course Race. I can't even, I can't get, I'm just late. Mud Run Guide's Ultimate Obstacle Course Race Bucket List. There we go. I got the name right. So it's a list of basically all different race series, you know, both small and big series. That covers basically all across the U.S. and then even does some overseas. So pick up a copy of that if you haven't picked one up already. The pre-order is just ending, kind of as this podcast is coming out. But the cool part about that is it highlights a lot of smaller races. So we're gonna and a lot of race variations. So we're gonna talk a lot about those on this episode. So let's start off with Savage Race, right? There's a first Savage Race of the season, and then they followed it up with a Blitz. So Tell me a little bit about Savage Race and how it's changed since last year.
1: Yeah, so they actually – they started their season kind of different. They did just a blitz weekend only, um, and that was Florida where – I think it was back in maybe February or – yeah, I think it was February. Um, They did just a blitz to kind of like test it out and see how it was going to go for the season um, after last season's go of it. And then they basically started – that was kind of just like a – a pre-season um, then their first official race of the season was savage florida back on st patrick's day weekend so now every savage location this season has two days so saturday is their regular um six to eight mile course with 28 25 30 obstacles give or take um, and then sunday this year, every location has their Blitz course, which was the newest edition. Um, it's a three-mile course with, like, 15 to 18 obstacles. It kind of varies just depending on it. Um, but so I did that in Florida, the first one, which <laughs> it's funny. Florida is their flattest, fastest course I've ever run anywhere, basically. Um, second time I've been at that location. So I went there. Um, I will say there is definitely a queen of savage. Uh, she has been – seasons before and she's proving herself already like unstoppable this season. Um, that'd be Rachel, uh, Corigliano. So she was in Florida along with, um, Chris Rogolowski and Chrissy McFarland um, for the females. The guys again were just stacked fields. So awesome competition to start the season. I went just to kind of like shake it off since uh, that was the first thing I did back since Kuwait. So it had been over a month. Um, and I planned – I was going to try and do both days, but I wound up just running the Blitz on Sunday, which was kind of awesome because just to, like, jump in and it be a sprint course and get to play on more obstacles than running. It's a really fun addition they've done. Um, they kind of did it for two reasons. It kind of plays to different categories here. So, it's like, for the first-timers, you know, who might be turned off by six miles because to some, if you hear Savage is six miles, that's a lot for your first um, – obstacle course race because some you know start with like the Spartan Sprint where you have the three to four miles. CTG is even on the like four mile range so um, they added the blitz course and basically it's great for starters and beginners and then it's also amazing because they do have a pro blitz wave just like on Saturday and kicker it's half the distance same payout. So uh-huh, for the Yeah, so for the elites and pros, the pro wave is amazing on Sunday because, A, you can double dip if you run Saturday and Sunday. And, I mean, it's still 1,500, 250, first, second, third, on Saturday and Sunday. That's pretty hard to beat at any of the race series that are like regular races outside of championship or mountain series or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And the Blitz obstacles, do they still have – like do they have two rigs? What what's the gimme like the hard grip obstacles that you're gonna that you so
1: face. I've noticed both because now so I did Florida, I did Georgia, and I've done Texas this season. Um, they change it up because they got a lot of feedback and Savage Race is definitely the race series that listens to all of their participants. They have a Savage Syndicate group, which is basically their like private well, private slash public Facebook group for Savage avid savage racers and they get so much inside feedback there. The owners, Lloyd and Sam are constantly in there communicating. And the thing with the blitz communication originally after the first year of it, and like they did it last year, but there was no um, payout, no competition. uh, People said they missed the big signature obstacles. So like they originally were running the blitz and it didn't have Colossus and it didn't have like their big grip heavy obstacles wheel world. So, a lot of people came back with feedback that it was the easier obstacles and they missed the big ones. So I will say Savage kind of adapted. And I think it was like in Florida, they had sawtooth, which is their monkey bars and they had their two new three new feature obstacles, chopsticks and pizza queso. And I thought there was another one. Oh yeah. Uh, inversion therapy. So that inversion therapy wasn't in there on Sunday, but the other two were. So they really mix it up and like that one was kind of easier, but then, on um, Atlanta or Texas, I'm getting confused. They traded off and had more of their signature obstacles. There was the rig and the monkey bars and Colossus, um, all thrown in there in the mix. I think, I feel like on Sunday in Florida, Colossus might've been thrown in and that's why Ashley did not run. Um, because just of the, actually our teammate being pregnant, the safety of the slide. But, um, it's really hard to say it's a gamble. They do put out the race map and course map so you can see the obstacles ahead of the event. Um, but like I said, I've been to one where it was not all of the signature obstacles on the blitz. And then I went to another and it had all the good stuff. So for a sprint course, they upped the grip strength.
0: Well, that's cool. I think, I think people will enjoy that. My personal opinion, people will enjoy that more, right? Cause even the grip strength stuff, like sawtooth, I think the open wave still finds that fun. Cause you see how far you can make it, and then you fall in the water. You laugh, you have a good time, and you keep going, right? Like, I think we get caught up in like the, our little obstacle course racing circle, right? Like our our tiny community of obsessive fans, where it's like, oh well, if they fail, they're not gonna enjoy themselves. But I don't think that's always true. I think just just trying some of the bigger obstacles, like you'd see on things like Ninja Warrior, is a good time, and um, I'm glad they made that a, made that a adaptation, it sounds cool.
1: Well yeah, and because basically the whole point is if you're gonna do the Blitz and it be a test out to see if you wanna do the big course, I mean I think you definitely have to throw in some of those bigger signature known for obstacles. And they listened and they did it. And Savage Race, they send out email surveys to a lot of like to all the participants after a certain amount of events. And again, they listen to it and they give feedback. So um, it's really cool, so definitely, and that's what um, Jay Flores met up with me, we were in Texas together. And it's kind of funny because Texas was the first location I actually was able to do Saturday and Sunday back to back. Um, I will say personally, as I'm getting older and just like, I don't do the best recovery anyways, I learned that my body doesn't handle or or respond to, it was like seven miles followed by four miles. Um, So Sunday I felt every step of the seven miles in my legs on Sunday and we were running in sand. So it was tricky, but... I'm not going to lie. I probably will do both days again as much as it hurt because it's a gamble. You don't know who's going to show up both days or some of the prayers only showed up on Sunday and they weren't there Saturday. Um, Rachel, like for instance, she was there both days and won both days. Uh, in Texas, Chris Rugolowski was there Saturday, but not Sunday. And then we had a surprise fly in from Seattle. Alex Walker showed up on Sunday, which was there Saturday. So. If you're looking at the blitz and Savage Race from a pro standpoint, there's some strategy and thought behind it, or just like, if you can handle two days of pushing yourself, then you never know what could happen. So, I mean, I will say um, Florida and Georgia, I got six both times, second in my age group, um, but six of were all female. And then Texas, I wound up third place both days. So, I mean, I love Savage Race. They and this whole Blitz edition. I already said I was like, oh, I can't do both days. But I go to Maryland two weeks, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna try both days again.
0: <laughs> yeah, Savage is one of the absolute best series. You know, mandatory obstacle completion, big payouts, fun obstacles, good festival area. Absolutely the love the bling,
1: them. the bling.
0: Yeah, the bling the- is insane. The the new Syndicate medals and the axe. <laughs> uh, the axe for age group like those like mini axes? yeah so
1: you basically okay if you win your age group or even second place age group your little axe medal is bigger than like the overall podium like second and third medal it's kind of cool but then it's like oh crap and then um i will say for those that you know like bling people that have awesome dreams and goals saturday they still have the giant wooden axe that's like a signature prize in the ocr prize community sunday they do not you get the big payout, but you don't get a big ax. So uh, don't be like upset. If you go in on Sunday and win, you don't get an ax.
0: That is, that <laughs> is big, good to know.
1: The big one, but you still get your gold ax. So it's really cool. But um, again, lots of shout out and props to Savage Race and their crew. Um, I didn't, They have three new obstacles. Really cool to check out. Uh, we've done, I think I've shared a couple technique videos on one of them so far. Um, I have some more in storage because we like to feature other obstacles from Concrete Gauntlet Pros. Um, but yeah, great series. So I'm happy that I've done three. I'm trying to hit all of them this season. I think I might miss one, depending on Conquer the Gauntlet. <laughs> so we'll see.
0: Now I know Sam and Lloyd like to, like you said, like to poll the Savage Syndicate group. So if you're not in the Savage Syndicate, I would definitely hit in there. Lots of good information going around about Savage Race and you know, people sharing their opinions. One of the questions they asked uh, about a month ago was, "Should there be a fire jump?" And a lot of people were like, "No." So was there a fire jump at either event?
1: Oh crap! Um, Georgia had a fire jump. Okay. And I think they asked the question after Georgia, and so that was the second one. So Florida and Georgia had the fire jump. Texas did not have a fire jump.
0: Okay. So but yeah, I actually
1: what, I didn't even realize it, but I mean I didn't clearly I didn't miss it, and it, it um, avoids conflict of like one foot over the fire jump and cutting corners. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
0: What I think's interesting about that is when they asked the group I was like this group's going to absolutely say they don't care because you're asking like the hardcore community who are like no one cares about fire jump after you if you've been in the sport for like a year you're like got it fire jump yeah i'm leaping over like a you know a 6 inch pile of fire it's not a big deal but i think the open waves i think some of the people in the open waves might still enjoy that and like that picture for their facebook profile i don't know
1: Exactly i think that was the like the argument brought up it wasn't so much that like it was a cool obstacle that they loved and felt scary jumping over fire. It was a really cool picture. <laughs> and they always had a photographer there. <laughs> but, it, yeah, I, I don't think it was missed. I didn't hear any, like, negative feedback from Texas saying, why wasn't there a fire jump? And you brought that up, and I didn't even remember it until just now. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, while you were off racing Savage, I was on the East Coast. I was on the other coast racing Tough Mudder. Yeah, so I was off racing Tough Mudder. I went to their season opener out in L.A., and I met up with my Atomic teammate, Wesley Kerr, so I stayed at his place, got to experience the West Coast, best coast scene of the Tough Mudder community. Was that
1: your first time West Coast Tough Mudder?
0: It was, yeah. I guess, yeah. Yes, definitely. So that was fun. I got to go out there. The course was awful for me it was all like mountains essentially not actual mountains but it, it was large hills right so you were you were climbing descending or pretty much the whole race there was like the beginning had like two big climbs and a descent and then you went into a flat section with obstacles so I was gaining on people through all of that and and then as soon as we hit the hills again I'd start losing placement and uh so I ended up I ended up finishing sixth which is not bad, but uh, my lowest tougher mutter placement uh, to date. So
1: Wasn't there something really cool? Like, Wasn't that, I remember, a special number for you?
0: Oh, yeah, that was 25. So that was my 25th event. Um, I, the general consensus is we count events, not laps. So I don't know how many. I haven't written down how many laps I've done. It's obviously much more than 25. It's like 50. I think I'm at low 50s you would have
1: that written down <laughs>
0: um yeah just keep it on my phone I'll take a little note on my phone
1: i wonder if we had like a nerd off an ocr you'd be pretty top up there if not like
0: i'm pretty well, nerdy, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway sorry um so how many laps did you do at that event
0: so we did three saturday and then we did one more on sunday and the saturday ones uh, I definitely got sunburned and I was wearing the tougher mudder bib. So I had like a weird suntan of like the tramp stamp line across the bottom part of my back and then like just my shoulders and then like a space on my neck. Like it was super weird. It's like, I'm still wearing the bib. Um, that, that wasn't <laughs> fun. And then we went back out Sunday and I wore a shirt this time to um, make sure I didn't aggravate my sunburn anymore. Did one more lap. That was pretty slow. And then I got my 25 X headband, which is cool. The nice. cool thing from that event was, like, like while we were while we were waiting around for other people to finish and friends to finish, I sat around. and I was watching people go through uh shock therapy. So Tough Mudder's obstacle—that's basically a bunch of hanging wires—and you just get electrocuted. <laughs> I wrote an article on Run Guide, which uh, got some pretty good traction. I think uh, if you are interested in that, definitely should go check it out. It's basically all the, you know, the it's like it's like there's like sub a sub cult within a cult, right? You have this. You know, tough mutter cult. And then within that, there's like the world's toughest mutter cult. And then, like, a subset of that is the electroshock therapy cult, right? Where they're, <laughs> people just love getting electrocuted. So, guys like Kevin Chow will go through doing the Iron Cross. So, essentially, you walk with your arms spread out. So, you touch as many wires as possible. Oh, uh, my gosh. You can, uh, they were going in there with beers. So, you like you go in, and essentially, you have to finish your beer before you come out the other side. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So some people were like stopping in between the wires and drinking. Uh, There's some who tried to like drink and walk at the same time, which had moderate degrees of success. But yeah, it's a great article, and it was really, really fun to talk to some of the ES uh, electroshock therapy, the EST guys that are listed in there, and uh, get some of their input and feedback and all the different things they do. So
1: that's amazingly ridiculous. I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I guess people go back to all the obstacles and hang out and play. So I mean, why not that one too?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot, and then it's really obviously only limited by your imagination. So Iron Cross, there's the spinning Iron Cross where you spin and you spin as you walk through. There's guys going through blindfolded. There's guys going through blindfolded spinning. Um, you know, there's people getting their headbands in there. People riding piggyback, stuff like that. So it it gets pretty crazy.
1: That is that is intense, for sure. So, um, that... Okay, wait. Has there been, like, a bunch of buzz? What a Tough mutter buzz that I've missed on social media or something going on. Like, did they make some announcement or do away with something? Or, or not, do you know anything I'm talking about? I feel like... It yeah, so, be- I mean,
0: at the end of, or early 2019, they did away with prize money for all events, right? So, there's no prize money for Tougher or for Toughest. There's no prize money for World's Toughest mudder. Um I think the from an outsider perspective, I think the tougher removing prize money there was probably a good business move. I don't think they were getting the return on investment. Like there was not that many people running tougher uh, in my opinion. So that was probably a good move. The toughest um, and the world's toughest. I'm not, I did not think that was the best business move, but I guess we will see. Um, I think a lot more people show up to those two events that think they can win prize money that can actually win prize money. So I think, I think you'll have guys, you know, who go and they blow up after a couple of that and they, they were beforehand, they were like, Oh, I definitely could win prize money this weekend. It's was like, well, yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Um, but so I, I guess that, you know, with all these things we vote as obstacle course races and as participants, but like with our, with our money. Right. So if you don't like that world's toughest mutter and toughest mutter removes prize money, you know, like don't show up to their events. Um, that's, I mean, that's, right. that's my input. Uh, I'm still going to their events. I still, I know what I like in OCR and I like toughest Mudder. I like that brand. I like those obstacles. i like that format. Um, like especially the obstacle density, right? Five mile loop, 20 to 25 obstacles repeated over and over again. So I will still be going to toughest Mudder and world's toughest Mudder and stuff like that. And I don't necessarily race for the prize money. I understand the gut, the people who decided not to race toughest or world stuff this year. Like I, I get that again, you vote with your money. So if you don't like that decision, you know, don't show up. If it doesn't bother you, then, you know, continue showing up. So, um, so there was, there was that, uh, there was some news about a kind of a lawsuit that came out with one of the original you know, people that helped start the company. Um, so there's a lot of nay saying the, you know, the format last year was two loops of the same. So since was this two loops of the same course. Uh, you deviated slightly, but, so people were upset with that. They went back to one loop. Um, they changed essentially CEOs. Uh, Kyle, I believe his name is. I'm blanking right now on the last name. But so he was there. He was interacting with people. Seemed like a real cool dude. I mean, he was he was handing people beers before EST, so they could go <laughs> through and drink. Uh, I know he before the weekend was over, he went through like locked arms with people and went through EST. So also nice. cool. Seemed kind of down to earth. Um let's see what else. Yeah, and then you know, I think the a lot of the community was like, "Oh, they they're back to their roots, they're back to the the way I I didn't think there was a huge I mean, I didn't like the two-lap format last year, but I didn't think there was a huge decrease in quality last year. It definitely was a little bit, but um you know, I I think Tough Mutter is the way they've always been in my opinion. So
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I feel like Tough Mutter started one way and then they kind of, like, just, I mean, I'd say recently in the whole grand scheme of Tough Mutter existence, started to, like, try and cater more to the competitive elite wave with payouts, because when I started OCR back in 13, Tough Mutter wasn't paying out, so, like, they tried it. It brought a couple bigger, like, pro-athlete elite names, but again, like you said, those 10 elites that signed up aren't the hundreds that are still signing up for non-competitive or thousands, or obviously. Um, so I mean, I think, like you said, it, it might have shocked some people in the beginning, but it's kind of like, oh, Tough Mudder's back to what everybody loved about Tough Mutter and that's why most Tough Mutter community people—it's kind of its own little sector of OCR that, like, they kind of could care less, and it's back to what they started and loved. So.
0: Yeah, and, that, and like it's, you said, time that's, will tell
1: if it was a good idea or not. But that's, I think, back to its roots.
0: That's what's funny. I mean, the brand's been around since what, well, like, 2011, and they've only had prize money. They've always had prize money at World Toughness, I believe. Uh, but as far as like having a competitive wave and um, a toughest mutter, you know, a eight hour, which is now a twelve hour format, that's really only been the last two years. So it's almost like <laughs> you know, people. Are like,
1: Everybody's complaining, <laughs> and it's like, uh, dude, it was a test. They tried it, and they didn't like it. So get over it. <laughs> Go back to normal.
0: Yeah. So, um, but I, I thought I thought the event was good, and there I will say, just from seeing people post online, their customer service is getting better. Uh, they were. You know, when you get to that large of an organization, I think the bureaucracy starts stifling you, right? And you start, it becomes harder to deal with. I mean, they're managing so many things, so many events, and, you know, all these complaints. And, um, yeah, I know they're tough. Their uh, actual customer support's getting better. They're being more responsive and stuff like that, which is good to hear. Um, I will say, as someone who, like, you know, I'm an admin on several Facebook pages. And I also have strength and speed, so I will say sometimes in customer customer support, you'll get questions, and you'll be like, "Is this dude seriously emailing me about this?" So I also <laughs> feel some of their pain, right? Like you'll get, you know, like you'll be on the conquer the gauntlet page or something. Someone will be like, "How do I register?" And you're like, "What are you kidding me? There's a giant yeah. register button. Like I don't even I don't even understand how to answer that. Like you're on the. How do you know get- if it's
1: just like if it's just
0: social media or
1: people like are actually getting lazier and more dumb because it's like, yeah, like they literally would rather send an email or a question and wait for a response than just take that extra click to like go find what they're looking for. And again, it's people don't ever put themselves in the shoes on the back end, like on race the night before the race. Do you know how many emails these race companies get people? I mean, you don't, that's the problem is like, unless you have worked for an obstacle course race or just an event in general, like people think, I feel like for any sport, Obstacle so, course racing. I mean, I haven't been a professional in another sport, but like, do you think the people are like bugging the NBA bureaucrats and owners like with these little nitpicky emails every night? Like, oh, I forgot to wash my jersey. I don't know. Like, the dumbest thing. Like, you just have to imagine that is what all of these race owners and customer service and people with registration are dealing with. Like, the week before the race, two days before the race, you get the dumbest things, and you're like, oh my gosh, you function in your daily life this is scary so and that's I'll, what happens
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll tell one more customer service so they updated so on the world's toughest mother page at the bottom of the page it has a list of champions right so it has individual individual male individual female and then team now the team category w- there wasn't a relay option until last or two years ago so 2017 2017 2018 are the only two that had a relay option and 2017, they put the, you know, the classic team, the two plus man uh, winners there and they put the relay team. And then when they updated 2018, they just put the relay team. So I was like, all right, let me, uh, let me email them. (laughs) Right. Because, you know, atomic climbing holds, you know, we were in an agreement that, uh, they sponsored us for that event. So I was like, well, I want to make sure their name gets up there. Cause uh, they supported us. So, (laughs) I emailed Tough Mudder headquarters a couple times, and I eventually end up getting someone who's response, who's response, and Brennan knows where the story's going. And I'm like, "Hey, you know, you left us off the champions page. Can you please add Team Atomic, 75 miles, 2018, to there?" And they respond back, and they're like, "I'm sorry, the champions page is only for people who have won the event, and you did not win." And I was like, "What?" And i like, "I completely lost." And I was like yelling at my computer. I was like, "What are you again?" And I'm like absolutely lose it and then I'm like oh like so I was like all right let me calm down let me calm down so then I I had to go back and I explain you know again the, the guy working customer service is used to dealing with probably you know transferring registrations and switching wave times all stuff like that so he or she probably does not understand the different categories very well even though it's within their own brand so I was like all right let me calm down You know, I sent them, I sent them pictures from the award ceremony of them like handing me an award and like my name (laughs) up on the giant big screen and like us crossing the finish line in yellow bibs and like all that stuff. And I was like, can you please, you know, I, again, tried to, uh, be reasonable and calm when I sent the email and, uh, they eventually added us. So the fact that they they added (laughs) us again shows their better customer service.
1: Exactly. They followed through. But as a disclaimer for those listening, like this might just sound petty or something, but. That's a world event and it is something that like you, Evan, personally, I'm like speaking for you, that you work your ass off and to get up on that podium and just <laughs> just not have your name like <laughs> on the, I mean like you said, sponsors and everything you've worked for, it's like I'm not trying to whine and complain and bitch, but yo, put my name where it belongs, please. <laughs> like I worked really hard for this and that means something to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think with, with all that stuff, it's expectation management, right? So if I expect something, if you tell me I'm gonna get something, then I expect that you to follow through versus if you tell me, right? Like I know a year out now there's no prize money and all right, I've accepted that. So I'm not going to show up on race weekend and be like, why isn't there prize money? Right? Like expectation management when you're, when you, you kind of expect what to, when you know what to get, you're about to get and they, they should fulfill what they told you they were going to do.
1: Exactly. And that's, I mean, we did kind of completely digress, but anyways, it's all still OCR, but it's like businesses and your. You say you're promised something or you're gonna get something and then here as a consumer, you're giving them money for whatever you're being told. You expect it when you're said and done supposed to be getting it. So it's like, man, the fact that I have to jump through these hoops, but like you said, they're getting better, they're responding. And I think as like a community of athletes, that's what most people ask for and hope for is just to be like acknowledged and recognized in their in customer service, you know, from their, whoever they're emailing, like to get some help from whatever they were asking for.
0: Right, and I also recognize that you know the majority. I'm not the majority of the consumers, right? I'm one person, so that's the other thing. You know, the majority of people emailing customer service are you know make up every wave after you know 8 a.m. through noon. So I try to be. I try to you know calm myself down and be like, all right, well, I'm just one guy that's part of uh, the event. So. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Well, now that we completely went like off track, like we can can do. Um, I mentioned before you said tough weather because that was like completely opposite coast. Where were you, like I, did I not see like a week ago in complete snow? And then now here yeah, I'm enjoying spring weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, so my work schedule changed and I was actually able to go to the Hammer Race for the second year in a row, which is one of the most unique OCRs, which I covered in my, buck, my book, Ultimate uh, Obstacle Course Race Bucket List. So check that out again. But So the, the race is a 10-kilometer race through pretty hilly terrain so you're constantly kind of going up or down and but they're they're small small kind of steep ones so a little more technical kind of a little bit more reminiscent of mud gusts and glory battlefark cincinnati type stuff um not quite that bad but similar you know parts were similar to that and the cool part is again you're carrying a eight pound sledgehammer each person so you carry your own sledgehammer and all the obstacles are sledgehammer themed so there's stuff like Kind of like conquer the gauntlet's hammer time, right? You hit a block down and back. There are um, tire drags. so you put it through like there's a pre-cut hole in the tire on the sidewall, and you uh, put the hammer through there and drag two a set of two tires stuck together. There's one that's more like a hobo carry or you know tire carry. So again, you put the tire through the you put the hammer through the tire and you carry it around like a loop. Um, they had some strength obstacles that are called like carrying an atlas stone. They added some grip obstacles this year, which was super cool because they did not have that last year. So they had with your hammer. <laughs> no, nah, so you get you have to put the you get to put the <laughs> hammer down for that. So you kinda And and they they do it well, they do it really well. So they have the grip obstacles are always at kind of like a U turn. So you essentially you can put your hammer down, you do the obstacle, and then you essentially make a U turn and you pick up your hammer right away again. Oh nice. As opposed That's to cool. you having to like go back and then go back.
1: Yeah, back track. So uh, um, and then because it was
0: like uh, I think it like st- uh, Sparta's Spartan's Stairway to Sparta. So it's basically a uh, inclined or you know inverse ladder or kind of like yeah. a what's the the CTG one? That's a inverse ladder. Inverted
1: ladder. ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't know. I don't
0: know. I wrote a book um, about. it. I can't even remember the name. <laughs> it's like I that one, it. but it, it was with uh, pipes instead of uh, wooden slats. Oh,
1: gotcha. That's cool. So was this a new format or did they have both formats and it was new this year for you to do the team? Because Didn't you run individually last year or is it always a team event?
0: Correct. So they have, this is not a new format. They have a team and individual. So they, they do individual male and female elite at the beginning of, of the race. And then the next wave is teams. And you have to be in a team of five and you have to stay together essentially so there's it's gender neutral it doesn't matter if you have male or female on your team and the first team across the line with all five people in their hammers and completed all the obstacles appropriately is the winner so a cool oh, part
1: cool.
0: cool part about that i've never is heard
1: of a team of five so like did you have to do were they like team obstacles or was it like you all just had to complete them individually
0: a lot of them were you all complete individually, but there were some that were team based. So instead of the log carry being like a short log, it was a, a two railroad ties for the five people, and they were they were heavy. I don't, I don't know how long those things have been sitting outside collecting moisture and hardening, but they were like picked it up, and I was like, oh damn. <laughs> so there was that. You know the the one with the atlas stone. Essentially, you had to you each had to carry the atlas stone. So but. You had to be in the same lane, so you couldn't, you know, you can all five of you couldn't show up, take over the obstacles, and then have like the next five guys do different, uh, do the obstacle, right? Like you had to be, like in the monkey bars, you're supposed to all go down the same lane, so you're not clogging the obstacle.
1: Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Basically can't advance because you like all pick different lanes.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very cool. And so you said, they're like for the teams, it's just one team division. There wasn't like a male, a female, and a co ed team division.
0: No, I don't think they have enough people, they're not getting enough people to break it apart like that. Um, so it was just gender neutral. All the teams that showed up, at least this year, were all male, so there's a couple of you know five man male teams. Um, one of the nice things they did do was they added age group awards. So last year, basically, the winner got a Thor's hammer, and it, it's legit, it's like probably 15 16 pounds. It's awesome looking. Um, so the female winner got that. The male winner got that. And then if you were on a team, all five team members got that. And then this year they added age group awards. So they were like a little, um, I don't know, the little stone, you know, I don't know, eight inch, 10 inch trophy type things. that says you won your age group, which I thought was really cool. I'm always a fan when they do age group awards for any OCR series. I think that's, I mean, that's how you get, that's how you keep motivating people to continue to get better, you know, because there's a, there's a long gap between like, Hey, I finished the course to, Hey, now I'm on the overall podium, right? There's, there's a long training and uh, you know, work gap there that I think should be rewarded.
1: So. Uh, I don't <laughs> I'm afraid to get on the, I completely agree. I like aid troops. I'll say that. <laughs> I cause drama.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. We can you can talk about that. I think that's, I don't think well, that's a reasonable uh, request.
1: Okay, so just to clarify on the age group thing. I love age groups, and like you said, it motivates people. I mean, I have been atop many age groups because when I get don't make the regular podium, you know, like, like an age group medal. And I love it, and I'm proud of it, and I state it. I also state it that I got second in my age group, sixth female overall. So there's a difference. And I had a recent post on my Facebook page, I've said it before, um, I work really hard, and so do a lot of athletes, pros, elites, whatever. Work really hard, train really hard to get to the top or get to where they are. Um, so when I reach a podium, third, second, first place, female, overall, I it's amazing. That's my goal. I'm, I always want first. I go to a race, and I'm shooting for first. Might come out sixth. Might come out 15th. But, like, I'm planning to do first place. That's what I want. Um, that's just my athletic goal so to go to a race in my example savage texas to go there and come from sixth place in the first two races depending on i don't care who the competition was yes there was some different competition less competition whatever i got third place female saturday and sunday very proud of that i worked hard sunday was hard i had, had a rough month before got back in my funk after kuwait whatever So then to turn around on Monday and see multiple posts and it happens from Spartan race. It happens from every race series, especially now that like Spartan has kind of made it a bigger deal with age groups with like, they get a podium they get a plaque they get recognized. So to Savage race, um, to come home and on Monday, wake up and see a post that I, from someone was, I went to Savage race, central Texas and it was awesome. And I got third place in my race. I'm like, What? Cool. You got third? Because I'm pretty sure I came home with a check. Two checks, actually. I don't know. So again, this is me being nitpicky, because it's like, wow. So a bunch of people are seeing that this girl got third place at Savage Race. Like, maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't see it. To me, I worked really hard for third place, and she got third place in her age group. So why not say that and be proud that you got third place in your age group, and you're working hard, and you're training, and you have a sponsor, awesome good for you please clarify because first place with a thousand dollars and a big wooden axe to first place in your 35 to 39 age group big difference and like some people are like bruna just be proud of your third place what does it matter the others Blah, blah blah i am very proud of my third place but i also feel that it takes away from the legitimacy of our sport where people are trying to make this like a legitimate professional sport It also takes away from the hard work that people put in to get to the official podium. And it's just like, why are you lying and cheating yourself and portraying yourself to the public that they don't know any better? Like a lot of people, I've got friends that don't do this sport. So they see that I got first, second or third place. And they think that's so awesome because like just most outsiders, first, second or third place means something pretty cool. So when you say you got first place, but it was really first place in your age group, you're lying to like the general public. And that's my point. And people are like, oh calm down, Brenda, stop being so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, sorry. <laughs> it's a, it's like not a lie. It's, there's no hidden line there. <laughs> like
0: well, I don't, I, I, don't think, I don't think we need to get angry about it. I think some of these people may just not understand the etiquette, right? Like when you go to if I go run on a track, there are people walking on the inside lane, which is typically where the running occurs, right? Like some people I think, you know, you just shoot them I don't in the not
1: You really though you people think, don't you think, know the difference between age group and overall, <laughs> like um, money
0: and not money. Well, no, I, I think they, un, I think them as an athlete understand. They may not understand when they post. I mean, maybe some are purposely misleading people. Um, I think it might be a simple oversight, right? Like, you know, because all you, all you ever think is, the, is age group. Is it, well, if my clarification so, is that it
1: when it's people that are like, I'm a pro athlete and I got third, but. They got third in their age group, and they're just saying that because they're getting sponsors from that. I'm like, you're lying to a consume like to get sponsors. And that specific post was a person that like says they're a sponsored pro athlete, and they have a sponsor. Like, yay, that's exciting. You can get sponsors from age like you don't have to be on the podium to get sponsors. No, absolutely not. not.
0: It's, It's it's about reaching people and connecting with people, right? Like you can you can lead a group of you know you can be the leader of like uh. Lucas doesn't race that much. Lucas Fon and Steel, who's on the C D G Pro Team, he's not on the Pro Team anymore. Doesn't race that much, but he still has sponsors because he helps run KCOCR and you know he connects exactly. with people that way. So And I
1: guess my point that I, the posts I've made, and maybe I should call the person out so that people understand, is like I'm talking about someone that knows better. <laughs> <okay>.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, but, not, but, on, like, I'm not
1: pulling a like I Benny Gifford's a friend of mine. I'm not pulling a Benny and saying that, like you knocking the open waivers like I'm just saying for people that know better that claim to be sponsored or a professional athlete please don't lie to your sponsors or the general public and try to prove that you are something you're not because like I said it takes away from the hard work of those that are doing it and it takes away from the legitimacy of the sport that so many think that OCR can be or want it to be when eh, whatever
0: but yeah, I think was... it, just, it comes <laughs> down to being specific right like when I tell people when I talk about World's Toughest mutter, like, I don't say I won World's Toughest mutter, period, <laughs> right? And then I'm just like – because that that technically is a true statement. I always say I won the team division at World's Toughest mutter, So I always, exactly. I always add the word team in there so people know there's a difference, right? Because I think that would be disrespectful to, you know, Chris uh, this past year since he won the individual one, right? Like, which with a lot more miles. So –
1: And, I mean, team's a different thing, too, because, I mean, how many people can actually, like, keep their teammates together to compete the same level? I mean, so it's like, yeah, just be honest, people. Be specific if you know better. And, again, if you're, like, a first-timer and you're so excited because you got on the podium in your age group and you say you got second place, I'm not going to, like, make a post about you. (laughs) Like, come on. Like, people I know better. So, I mean, for harping on social media, like, yes, everybody bitches and whines and complains and says whatever they want. Like, I make a post and people are like, holy crap, Brenna!" I'm like, no, no don't be idiots.
0: <laughs> so, s- speaking of winning, so we did, back to the hammer race, now that we've straight off topic. We did the hammer race and it was uh, me, Scott Wurzecki, who's on the Neptune slash Alpha Racing team, who used to be on the battlegrounds. Uh, Rob Greer, he's a world's toughest mutter and ultra runner guy um, from Minnesota. And then we had, uh, Jacob Stone, one of the strength and speed, uh, development team guys on there. who also a CTG regular. And then Brian Fisher, uh, another one of the strength and speed development team guys got a cochlear implant, right? So he's technically deaf, um, you know, without the, without the hearing aid, but, um, so the, here's what was the coolest part of the race for me. Right. So last year I went and I won and, um, kind of speaking of expectations, right? Like when I show up to a race, I generally expect to do, I, I expect to finish in the top 10 typically. Um, Cause that's what, the, you know, historically the race I go to, that's where I finish. Um, sometimes I win, sometimes I podium, sometimes I'm in 10th, right? And sometimes I'm out of there. What was cool though, was Jacob and uh, Brian had never won an OCR before. And as a, te- as a team, we were able to, you know, come away with the win overall. And I mean, we were, like we were pushing those guys hard. Right. Cause like I did not want to drive that far. And, uh, we, we kind of signed up last minute too. Cause of my change in schedule that yeah, I was like, and I, I put the team together. So I was like, Oh, you know, like we have to win because I kind of peer pressured everyone into showing up here. <laughs> right. So like, you know, winning was great for me, but what, for me, what was better was watching them win as part of the team. And, you know, and, you know, it's, being around while they uh, you know, their some of their families was there and then sometimes some of them called afterwards and kind of like hearing the excitement on their family's voice um, that they won the race and they're coming home with like a big hammer, which was so cool. Yeah. Like it was that was the best part of it. Really, it really was to kind of, uh, you know, share, share that again. Well, extra- I'm so
1: proud. Cause I love, well, the whole team's awesome and you're awesome, but Jacob Stone's a good buddy of mine. So that's so awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was good. We had a good time too. We, you know, we drove up and back essentially, you know, almost twenty-four hours apart, and we we're uh, BSing the whole way about OCR and telling some telling some Iraqi war stories and stuff like that. So we had a good talk. It was fun.
1: Very cool, man, and lots of snow. It's crazy. Um, oh, that,
0: so that... snow, right? So this is uh, last year. That's uh, all I
1: was like, Did we even say that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Last year, the the April event, which is their spring event, got snowed out as in the competitive they canceled the competitive wave they let the open waivers still run um so i ended up not doing that but i drove up and back through a snowstorm which was terrible um and i was like well surely it's not going to snow two years in a row and of course it did and it was (laughs) there was i'd say anywhere between like two and five inches along the course so that definitely made for a different experience definitely slowed you down and it was pretty funny like i ran that saturday we drove all the way back home i get home and i check facebook and someone in the Kansas City obstacle course racing group um this is another reason you should join an obstacle course racing group if you're not part of it was like hey I signed up for KC Timber Challenge uh, the permanent OCR facility that's in Kansas City and I can't go tomorrow does anyone want my ticket for free and i was like well i'm like i'm not going to turn down a free one and it's like literally down the road from my house so yeah I'll go so I woke up the next morning (laughs) (laughs) I got back at 10 like went to bed woke up the next morning and went and ran the three laps of Casey Timber challenges course which is always fun and they have some pretty cool stuff there Um, if you haven't been there in a while they've definitely improved it significantly and in the warmer races like this one the zip line is open so you as part of like the race you slide down the zip line so
1: okay I saw a picture today that was tagged to be from that and I remember from CPP XTC we didn't get to do it, but I think it's there, and is it like the way I remember seeing it in the woods? They have a rig of rings. Does it turn and go uphill?
0: It does, yeah. It turns and goes uphill. <laughs> it's a two-lane rig turning uphill, or depending on which way they run the course. Sometimes they run in reverse, so sometimes it's turning and downhill. But, yeah, they just they just redid the walls there. So they used to have three, like, uh, eight-foot walls, and now it's like a, I think a six, a seven, and an eight-foot wall, so it gets progressively bigger shorter as you go if you go the other direction they just rebuilt this big a frame that's in the woods they just got new ropes so they used to have these super thin ropes that were hard to grab and they're a lot thicker nicer nylon um but yeah they've it's it's really cool seeing all the changes they've made and you know with the permanent facility they keep making these like tiny modifications from event to event and it keeps getting better and better so uh, most of their races are not competitive so i usually go out there and just have a couple uh, training laps for fun. It's about a five K to five mile course, depending on what, what kind of route they take you. But
1: what yeah. time of the year, they, don't they do two a year,
0: right? Uh, more than that. They do like five. Um, oh, shit. Okay. they do cool. a winter one, the Yeti, which is the one you saw me smashing a car at. They do oh, yeah. timber challenge, which is the one that the April one, they do a wild. they do a women's race. So you can only women can go or, if you want to go and drag as a man, you can do that too, which is, which is pretty amusing.
1: Well, I, was like, what I feel like that would not deter too many people.
0: <laughs> I know. So Cody, Cody uh, Payton, who used to go to it one year. Yeah.
1: Of course he did. <laughs> Cody missed that kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they, they do that. They do a family timber challenge, so a little more family oriented. And then they do the extreme timber challenge usually in September, and that's their one timed event a year. And no, no prize money, but they do offer. At least last year, they had prizes that like since you get, you know, they have like a they have like a huge zipline on course, and they do like a haunted woods type thing. Since you, if you, you know, they got on the podium, you got essentially like free passes to that or something similar. So, so
1: nice.
0: It's cool, That's and they cool. really I started. Need a, because uh, they, I
1: remember, like the like you said, they're getting better, and this isn't to like knock a race series, but I do remember they went through some growing pains and some struggles from when. Like I was at their course as part of CTG XTC and then just kind of on the back end with communication, like knowing talking with them about their courses and then hearing feedback because I remember in the beginning there were some just kind of not the best reviews or feedback, but to hear that like the local people and the groups that are close keep going and they're getting better and they're spreading the good feedback is amazing because you can always, I mean, if you're a good company, you listen to your feedback and you grow and you improve. And that's what they're doing. And that's awesome to hear that they didn't just like try to be buttheads and not listen to anybody and go under that way because that's what happens sometimes. You know, if they didn't want to listen to anybody, no one was going to pay the money and go. So they're still going and they have five events a year, which is pretty cool. And that excites me because I should be back living in Kansas before the end of the year, I guess. Who knows? And um, <laughs> I want to go get them another shot once it's more local for me.
0: Gotcha. All right, well let's let's jump back into a little bit more about your life and Inside Tracker, right? So tell us about your experience.
1: So, um, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, Inside Tracker is a company that um, tests your blood for a bunch of different biomarkers, basically like all your your vitamins. You know, vitamin E, D, all your vitamin B, plus white blood cells. I mean, it does the whole thing. Um, so the whole process is really easy because people are like, oh, so you have to go like get hooked up to machines and all this stuff. No, you sign up online. Um, they have a really user-friendly website, um, really good customer service, like communication as you're doing the whole process. And you basically like pick your, you can pick different levels of like what you want tested type of thing. They also do like a DNA testing too. Um, and they set you up. Do you know which what they- level you went
0: with off the top of your head?
1: I don't know the name of it was it like the gold. It was basically like the top package where you get all of the biomarkers, like the most.
0: So, yeah. You had the one with test. like 42 biomarkers, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And
1: so you can, you can do one where there's less or you can do one that's got like the 42 biomarkers plus DNA test. Um, so yeah, so I went, I basically, and my point behind doing this is like, why would you do this? Well, um, as an athlete personally and non-athletically um, I haven't had the best diet forever. And I'm now working with a dietitian or one of our sponsors Luke Bonte, for the team. Um, I wanted to see, and I've never had all these tests done, to kind of like see what I was deficient in or what I had too much of and what it affects in my training or life, like sleep and diet and stuff. Um, so I decided to go ahead and sign up and do this testing and you basically sign up, pay, pick your package. Um, they contact you and it's like a user-friendly dashboard online and it tells you um, like pick your you know go ahead and schedule your tests so it gives you all the locations because you're like where do you do this well it's diagnostic testing centers all around um, you just enter like your location where you are near your radius of where you want to go pick the testing center um, some by, are by appointment the one I happen to go to was like walk-in um, they give you very specific instructions online like the night before your testing you have to do a 12-hour fast Um, Funny story, I have been trying to do it for like three weeks in a row. So (laughs) for three weeks on Wednesday night, I would fast for 12 hours. And then something would happen Thursday morning, and my schedule got all messed up, and I wasn't able to go. So I was like super angry and fasting for no reason. And then finally, it worked out. So you fast for 12 hours. Um, They tell you like it's best to do it first thing in the morning because of a certain – one of the biomarkers is like red – best in the morning. Um, I can't remember which one, but anyway, they, they walk you through it. So I picked my clinic. It was 10 minutes from where I live. Um, went in at 7am. They basically like have you print out a little sheet from the website and it is like, you give it to the doctor or to the testing center and it tells them what they're testing for. Um, so you go in, I walked right in and my test itself was five tubes of blood were drawn. Um, I will say I personally, (laughs) like needles i have a lot of piercings and tattoos so it wasn't an issue for me um i do know that like some have needle issues but again it yes you're getting blood drawn so it's, it's no way around that um but yeah it, one it, of the
0: it, times when i went they had a did they have a butterfly needle you know what that is no it looks no. like a butterfly <laughs> no so <why>? it's, it's <laughs> a, i don't know i it, it's a needle but it has like this little plastic thing that looks like a butterfly and it basically it prevents you when you insert the needle, prevents your it makes it a lot easier to draw blood is what it does. Um oh. without explaining you all the details of you know of drawing blood or giving an IV. Yeah.
1: No, I think my <laughs> Anyway, Side, sorry.
0: side army yeah. story, right? You 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 give IV for training. Uh you know, it's back when I was on a team and you give IVs for training, you put the IV in. And if you don't, I would I would have liked a butterfly needle because when the butterfly needle goes in, it it stops the flow of blood immediately. So essentially, you don't have to do anything. But if you use a regular needle, when you put it in, and if you're not clamping down, if you're not pressing down on the vein, essentially blood starts pouring out of the guy's arm. It's so <laughs> like it's like blood everywhere, and then people are panicking. It's funny. We have a good. <laughs> anyway, well, butterfly needles are like... awesome. Yeah, check them out.
1: Um, I don't think I had a blood or needle, but I also didn't have blood flying everybody, everywhere, everybody, so don't worry. Um, they're medical professionals.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're medical professionals, so they wouldn't have that problem anyway. <laughs> but, you know, when you get a bunch of army guys in a room, you know, trying to, you know, and their, their medics trying to teach them to do IVs or something, it gets gets a little crazy. So, yeah.
1: No no wonder why Brenna and Evan could get off topic. Um, <laughs> anyway, so they drew five tubes of blood from me. Um, I was in and out and like, 10, 15 minutes. So again, I went right when the clinic opened, got it done. Um, they send off the results. They put, you know, your sticker with your name. They just ask you to verify it. You don't have to tell them. They're like, what are you here for? And I was just like blood work. And they're like, okay, and they take your paper from you um, left. And then it was a week to the day that you get like a notification from email and your dashboard that your blood results are in. And again, it's so user friendly. Your email has like a click to the link. Um, and then I, you stated before, it's not like written in doctor jargon, if that makes sense. Like it basically lists, you can search by your results by category. So you can look at like different biomarkers or just list them all together. And then it breaks it down. So like every biomarker that they tested, it tells you a healthy range of like, you know, what they're expecting, moderate, high risk, at risk, whatever. And it tells you where you fall in that range. Um, And then based off where you fall for that biomarker, they give you uh, recommendations, whether it be there's like, it gives you food recommendations for things you can eat to eliminate or add to that biomarker. Um, It also tells you like, I can't remember specifically which one. I mean, there were so many. Like, I printed out the sheets and I have like this little form I just kind of made myself because I was nerving out on it because it's so much information. But I basically, for myself, you can go in and make a note of like what you want to focus on. So, if you want to focus on um, stress management reduction or better sleep or better recovery or like you specifically want to work on your iron issues, deficiencies, or something you think that you have. You can click on that
0: goals too. So they have like strength or muscle increase or endurance and stuff like that. So, so
1: you basically like click and you can change it, but you click on like what your goal is and then it kind of generates this whole plan for you towards that goal based off your biomarker results. So like I initially clicked on sleep because I'm working on four or five hours of sleep a night. Part of it, my anxiety and depression at night, part of it, my schedule. Um, so then I looked at all my results and it tells me, it gives me things like food options that help with different things, but then it gives you lifestyle options too. So like for my sleep and things, it suggested like daily meditation in a way. Like it was like do this for the day. And then the other cool thing is you can set up reminders. So like based off your plan and the suggestions of whether like diet things that it suggests to you, I get email reminders and text reminders of like, insider tracker check-in did you follow your uh suggestions today did you eat more beans did you eat less animal fat did you do your daily cognitive thinking or whatever the wording it is for like meditation basically to help my brain um so like i get a i basically get a reminder every day like did you do this and then you answer yes no and then it like kind of sends you it's like a little personal trainer from yeah, inside. Track. Accountability.
0: It's an accountability. Yeah. Mechanism. It's nice.
1: Yeah. And so and I love it. Cause I'm like, I looked at, it, and I was like, Oh crap. I ate a lot of animal fat today. <laughs> like I'm gonna remember that tomorrow because again, after you do your test results, it basically sets up a plan and it's like 90 days or whatever it was you're working towards. It's like, okay, in 90 days, if you keep doing these things, retest and let's see where you're at type of thing. So it's not, I wouldn't say just the athletes, you know, like it's not just for competitive athletes, basically everything. And I'm 30, going on almost 32 in the next month or so. And I wasn't doing it necessarily just for my athletic career right now. I'm doing it for changing my lifestyle and a healthier lifestyle when it comes to like sleep and stress management. And it was really cool because I got results back. Like there was one thing that I thought I'd be like deficient in that I actually was pretty moderate in, it's like I'd take a vitamin supplement. And then like, I was so happy to see like my vitamin D levels are awesome. And I was like, yes, cause I get a lot of sunshine. I'm so excited. <laughs> like it was just really cool to see. And it tells you what to do. And my cool, I don't know. It was so easy. They have like a share option so you can give the permission to share your test results. And so basically I shared mine with, um, the team, our dietitian Luke Levante and I was like, Hey, here are my test results. Does it mean anything different to you being certain, like understanding it a little bit more scientifically? Like, should I incorporate, can you help me with my diet plan? Um, So if you have coaches or trainers, I also sent it to my coach, Nancy, same thing. I was like, hey, what do you think of these results? Because part of it came back saying I'm overtraining or I'm doing too many hard, extensive workouts. And so, like, me seeing that as an athlete, I'm like, "Uh, that's. I don't believe that. I don't want to read that on a piece of paper. So I sent it to my coach that so that he can like hold me accountable for like scaling back when I need based off of what my actual internal body is saying, not just what I feel like I'm doing. So I highly recommend people checking it out. I've seen more and more athletes and people posting recently that they're using it. Um, I know you did it, I think, before World's Toughest, right?
0: Uh, was, I did it before and after Endure the Gauntlet.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, so.
0: Yeah, and it, it definitely helped me because it, it basically showed me that I was overtraining and to be a little more aggressive with my taper, so I came in a, a little in a little bit better shape. And some of my results actually afterwards actually were, I had better biomarkers because I essentially did the event, and then I stopped doing stuff for like five days before I got the second blood draw.
1: Well, it's like your brain feels one way, but your body is obviously going to like tell the official results, and again, as athletes, you might not want to hear it, but it's like Okay, well, let's follow through with this and give it a chance. See if it works. 90 days, test it again. And you'll tell, like, from your results, from your sleep, better or not. And then, I don't know, I saw, I think, um, Lindsay Webster, I believe, I just saw recently was using it. Um, I mean, I've seen some names that I didn't know. Like, i never heard of this until past year or so. And I just was like, oh, wait, people go get blood test results for – I just always think a blood test for like medical issues, like you've got something wrong, you get a blood test. (laughs) So for those that don't know, it tells you a lot about just your lifestyle in general. So I highly recommend um, if you feel like there's things that you need to change and you're not sure what or like dietary issues sometimes. I mean, people have like diet issues and they don't know what their problem is. Well, you can go do your blood work and it'll tell you that like you need more vitamin B and or I need less animal fat apparently because apparently I love bacon and so I eat it every day and <laughs> these things will help me recover better and sleep better.
0: I gonna tell you that's not not the <laughs> recommended option there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're gonna breakfast diner and it's so yummy.
0: <laughs> and I think I, I think if your diet's not super good, I think you actually get more out of it than someone who has already has everything kind of fine tuned in. So, I mean, it's great, obviously great for top athletes if they're trying to fine-tune top performance, but I actually think it's probably even more valuable for someone who, you know, may just be getting into this fitness lifestyle and wants to improve and is a little bit lost, may not know exactly what they need to do to change their diet. I think that it actually is more of a benefit to them. Just my two cents. Well,
1: like you said, because like a dietitian or diet or whatever you're working on might just tell you like, to lose weight, you do this, eat, cut out your carbs and do this, or try the keto diet, whatever. But until you, like you said, I mean, if you're just starting and you really want to know what your body is feeling and reading, your blood's going to tell it and you might have no idea They're like, oh my gosh. I'll... And the cool thing was they list, you can go in and select like you, there's an option of like food menu or food recommendations and you click on it and then it's like food preferences. So you can basically go in there and based off all the recommendations that they give you, I mean, they would tell you everything or you can go in and say, I don't want fish. I don't want dairy. Like if you are on a vegetarian diet or something, you can go in and select all those options and then click generate and they will give you all of the things that are going to help you and benefit you around those preferences. It's like, wow, I don't have to read through a bunch of things that I don't want to eat or I'm not eating and I get exactly what I want. So it's very streamlined and very user friendly, customer friendly, or something like that. Like, you don't have to go to a doctor and understand, like, have a doctor explain it all to you. So, I highly recommend people checking out Inside Tracker.
0: Cool. Well, I think that's gonna kind of wrap things up. Uh, before we go, any final shout outs you wanna give Brenna? Um,
1: <laughs> crap, wasn't thinking. Um, oh, I will just say, because we didn't get to talk about it a whole lot. So, everybody, Conquer Youth Season is kicking off. So my shout-out is to the Conquer Youth Family Main Prize, Dave Main Prize, and Lori Main Prize. Um, they just did their Tampa event last weekend, and this coming weekend, I don't know when this comes out. So um, the 27th of April will be Conquer Youth Atlanta. I will be there for that. Um, and then the next weekend is Conquer Youth Denver. So get your kids out. It's fun. It's for ages 5 to 17 lots of cool things for this year all the kids get a medal a wristband a bag and it's ocr ninja for kids so um that's my shout out check out concrete for sure
0: yeah i'm, I'm hoping to make the one at the kansas city which is going to be early june it's like the uh, 8th or something so my, my daughter's been training kind of
1: oh, so, oh man i gotta check can i go I'm gonna cheer on smidge because she's cheered us on before so much <laughs>
0: So you know, proud, proud dad moment here. Uh, we bought her new running shoes, and by running shoes, I mean they're like the shoes that light up when you step. So she wears them.
1: Oh, Are they La Gear?
0: No, uh, they're Skechers. I think.
1: One,
0: so we buy them, and she and they're. I I keep calling them running shoes. So when we get them home, she's like, oh, she's like, dad, can we go running? I was like, yeah, yeah, we can go running. Are you serious? And she ran, like, she's four. She ran a half mile without stopping. She stopped once. Yeah, she's up once because she had a cramp, and then once to look at a bird. But she ran for a half mile nonstop. I was like, "This is insane." So, smidge. Yeah.
1: I wonder who your dad is. <laughs> so we'll,
0: we'll we'll be at Conquer Youth, uh, Kansas City, uh, crushing souls. We'll be wearing matching outfits or something. Something. Oh
1: my god, yeah. I'm gonna like cancel my race whatever day I'm going. <laughs>
0: yeah, unless my wife is in labor, then I will be at the hospital. But
1: yeah. Oh, little bean! Uh, so much excitement for the purpose family. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, for your shout out, Sue, what you got? What you got?
0: So I have entered the 21st century officially and started publishing my books online also. So Kindle, I actually found it super easy. And big shout out to Rob Steger, who will be the next guest on the podcast for uh, giving me the very simple instructions, which I'm almost embarrassed at how simple they are. Do you- <laughs> like, I mean, it's so easy. I was like, oh, why didn't I do this a year ago? Anyway, Mud Run Guide's Ultra OCR Bible is now up um, on Kindle. And Conquering the Gauntlet, the book specifically for preparing for CTG, will be up on Kindle. And then I'm hoping to get Strength and Speed's Guide to Lead Obstacle course, racing up there uh, by the end of this year. And basically, basically, eventually, all my books will be up on Kindle. Um, but some of them may take a couple months kind of as I fine-tune and edit them. And Because uh, when you upload it, it's kind of, reformats it and it's kind of a pain in the butt but not too so bad. i'm just
1: gonna interject and say welcome to technology but i'm a weirdo and i still like paper books so for all of you if you come to the CTG races and you buy evan's book from our protein tent he will write you a personal autograph message That's in true. there and that is way cooler than my <laughs> like look. But if you can't do that, get his online books because it's pretty cool
0: too. <laughs> yeah, I like paper books too, which is why I lean towards that, which is why I print them. I like physically having a copy, especially for something that's like a training book where it has training plans because you can – I like being able to like look at the plan all at once and kind of like flip back and forth between pages. But And
1: make notes and stuff. Yeah.
0: Like, come on. I don't know. There's, know there's benefits is. to having it digital too, right? Like you can download the Kindle app to your phone, and then essentially you're walking around with all my training plans in your pocket at all times. Which so, is pretty
1: cool because it's like you have a little Evan in your pocket everywhere you go. so creepy. With all that insight. So
0: <laughs> 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 just living in your pocket, hanging out on your phone with all your <laughs> all your creepy inappropriate pictures.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. But wait, before we go, I did forget that... When when are we putting this out, Evan? Uh, this? The 28th. <laughs> okay, so um, we're like almost just a little over a month out. Conquer the Gauntlet, first race of the season, Dallas, June first first it's gonna be awesome so everybody mark your calendars if you haven't signed up ctg dallas and they have a continuum which is new this year basically like evan's wheelhouse where you basically start with the elite wave and you run the elite lap and then you continue for like five hours um some of the big obstacles will have like a penalty so you basically like stairway pegatrons or things like that um there's also bibs which is kind of cool because people like their like takeaway stuff so if you run the continuum you get i'm pretty sure like a wear over your shirt bib
0: yeah so
1: yeah yeah. ctg kicking off conquer youth and ctg regular season woohoo
0: and if you listen to the podcast or if you don't listen to the podcast i don't know i don't know how you'd be able to hear this (laughs) stop by the pro team tent right we have a conquer the only pro team tent you can hang out there. You don't have to be on the pro team to come hang out with us. We like people. We like interacting with yeah. OCR. I, I, we invite you in. We have, we'll also have some free samples from some of the sponsors. So Rock Tape just sent us rock sauce fire and rock sauce ice. So it's like icy hot. If icy hot wasn't crappy, like it's, it's awesome. It's way better than icy hot. The fire, I'm – so my knee was bothering me last week after I did a 20-mile run. It was kind of like swollen and I put the fire on it and it felt instantly better. And I was like, I was actually upset because like science tells me it shouldn't work this well. I was like, why does my knee feel this much better? I was like, this is not, this doesn't make, this doesn't make sound logical sense, but yeah, it, it was, it's legit. It, it, it like heals things immediately. And then, um, you know, like it, the pain will eventually come back, but it is like as a short term fix. I mean, you can't, I love that stuff. It is so good. And it well, does and like
1: I said, that's use. the cool part of our tent. Like we've got samples. You can try things that like you might not want to necessarily purchase without trying it, like an internet product or something. Um, every, like from our sponsors, the concrete protein, we're very fortunate. And I think we have crap, 18 different, 14, 18 different sponsors. And we have a lot of cool things that we can show you guys at the tent and show you how to use them. Um, we have certified rock tape papers. So if you want to get taped before your race, Nathan would request that you come like 30 minutes before, <laughs> but whatever. Come see us. We've got a couple of different athletes that can tape you up. Um, we have like complex units that you can check out and kind of see if you wanted like a muscle stimulator. We have. I even have some rock tape. We just have for, um, for the team to show off the rock pods. So basically, like if you've seen the cupping that a lot of people do that leave those really cool little circle bruises all over you, <laughs> um, rock tape makes rock pods that are like you can travel with them and do that yourself. So we'll have those at the tent to let you test out. And yeah, so come check us out at conquer the gauntlet at our protein tent. We're friendly. Most of us.
0: And speaking of rock tape, they just merged, or I guess a parent company just bought them, uh, which also owns trigger point. So if you're familiar with like the foam rollers and stuff like that, uh, they're now essentially part of the same brand, which is pretty cool. Cause I just, we just picked up a bunch of foam rollers for the team for, uh, you know, self-massage relaxation muscle yeah you
1: know? and they got camo ones everybody yeah, you got
0: the camo one but the one i have has like these like tiny little spikes on it it looks painful and i'm excited to give it a, a test because <laughs> they literally just came in probably like two hours before we started recording this so oh, nice. i have not We're... even i have not even used it yet but it is sitting upstairs
1: Last thing I'm gonna say, I am excited because we're gonna have guests soon, and hopefully I'll be a part of it. Because I kind of have missed our like random fact thing, and I've got a list going. So, everybody, pay attention for the next episode that has a guest on it. Evan and I do little fun facts.
0: That is true. Would you like to do one now? We can do one now if you really, if you really feel the need.
1: I mean, I kind of want to. Are you, are you, I mean, I know you just like you're quick with them because you're just full of all these random things. But. I got
0: all, all those sorts of random stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. Uh, you go start off. Go for it. Yeah, give me one.
1: Okay. Then, oh, we'll, we'll,
0: then we'll get out of here.
1: All right. So in my previous life, um, a lot of people don't know. I used to be a like official capital realtor. Like I was a realtor in Texas back when I was like 21. Um that's really cool cuz like I passed the test on my first try. So if you've ever taken a real estate test, it's really hard to pass apparently. And I got it by like one question. If I'd missed one more, I was going to fail. So here's the flip side to that. When I was in Ohio, I tried to be a life insurance salesman person. Uh it was really stupid. I took that test 3 times, failed it 3 times and gave up. <laughs> So I I quit I gave up <laughs> I passed the real estate test first try insurance test three times and I had to pay for it each time and I was like fuck this I'm done apparently I'm not gonna be a life insurance salesperson
0: Boom. all right <laughs> I don't have I don't have really good any story that kind of relates to that so I'll jump back to early one of a medical training for the army so the you know besides doing IVs uh, they also do something called the NPA nasal theral, nasal th- eh. I'm going to mess my name. And it's an airway, right? So if, you're, if you get blown up and you can't breathe through your mouth, um, essentially they put a rubber tube up your nose and it goes into the oh. back of your throat. So part of our training is we take one of those, essentially put surgical lube on it. So it's like oh. the lubricant, right? And you shove it. It's like this maybe, I don't know, six, eight inch rubber tube. Um, and you shove it up your nose and it goes and sits into the back of your throat so you can breathe if your face is all messed up. Oh. So that's a fun... So I've had that done. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's not really fun.
1: I, I, have, I have goosebumps when I'm cringing. I have this weird phobia. I hate people touching my nose and people think it's I cute to like squeeze that, my yeah. nostrils. Oh, I'm like freaking out. That's terrible. So
0: <laughs> the, the other one, which I've I've never done this one because uh, it sounds horribly painful. Right? So there's IVs, which are inter, intravenous. And then there's IO, which is interoscular. Uh, I'm probably messing that up too, but it's bone, right? So if someone gets, also gets blown up, right, then they're losing blood, you're gonna be, it's going to be harder to get an IV into their uh, veins because essentially their veins are collapsing because you're losing all the blood. Um, so what it is, essentially you put it on your sternum and it's got like 10 pins and then like a couple of bigger pins in the middle and you press down and it shoves a needle into your sternum, right? It shoves it into the bone and you push fluids through the bone uh, oh, my God. Cool. I think it we just sure
1: lost water. all our listeners.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty cool – uh, yeah, they're they're pretty cool. I've never done it. I know some of the medics have done it um, because they're – That's what I was
1: like. Is that normal training or that's, like, medic-specific training or – It's
0: medic-specific training. I mean, like, when they teach us how to use it, which is pretty simple. Essentially, you take off the person's shirt and uncap the thing and just – you just press on it. And when, like, all 10 pins on the outside are simultaneously uh-huh. pressed, it, like, shoves the center one, like, right into the bone. Uh-huh punches right in there that's how you that's how you get fluids into someone who's um pretty messed up but our medics are weird i can tell medic stories all day they're they're uh yeah they're something else more
1: power more power to you and them and thank you for your service and thank you for you doing all that because i'm freaking out right now
0: (laughs) our our medics are phenomenal like i've seen i've seen our medic put an iv into someone in the back of a moving truck right like I've, you know They can put them on, on, into people on their like, night vision goggles, like all sorts of crazy stuff. They're awesome. I, they're absolutely awesome. So Special Forces Dang. medics, best in the world, in my opinion. The other, so the other Special Operation Units send their medics to the uh, – it's called the 18 Delta course where the Special Forces medics go to get their medical training. So like the SEALs send their guys to our course, um, Air Force oh, PJs, no. and all, like, all the other branches send them through the Army course because the medics are that good
1: wow well, i'm not a medic
0: um i'm glad i'm glad those guys are on the same team as me because they're like i said they're phenomenal so shout out well, to again
1: me. shout out to you shout out to them for doing that because yes i am so glad that there's you guys to do that because i cannot so we will end on that note of how awesome you are and thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to hear any more
0: <laughs> all right that's it we will catch you guys later